0: Welcome to another edition of the Game Preview Podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland. Happy Thanksgiving, Cynthia. Football in the air, as always. Jets-Bears, Week 12, MetLife Stadium. We're going to get to Thanksgiving at halftime because that is such a shoe-in. I mean, we're going to have to talk about it. Break it down, especially for someone who loves to cook like yourself. But let's just get right into it here. Let's start with this Jets defense. Because the weather's getting colder, but this Jets defense getting hot. Six sacks against Mac Jones last week and against the Patriots, even though not the result the Jets wanted. This defense right now, a couple clips have surfaced online where people are saying on TV that the Jets have a championship caliber defense. The way that this team is playing right now, defensively speaking, do you agree with that?
1: 100%. In fact, I think if you watch the show that I might be appearing on, on Sunday we talk about the E word when it comes to this Jets defense, because now that there's enough data to support it, this is really an elite situation, meaning you're seeing them get 30.7% pressure rate. That's good for sixth best in the league. They're doing it without blitzing, second lowest blitz rate in the league. Look at what these defensive backs are doing, blanketing receivers. There's like no, really, when I, well, I don't wanna give away some that the fun stuff that we talk about in the fourth quarter but some overlooked players maybe a little underrated not just sauce Gardner, not just Reed. like we got some other people there that have been doing a really great job as well so i think this team's epic and by the way in terms of run defense that's really impressive too if you look at rushing yards over expected allowed so like how often they are underperforming right like 12 that's the number total for the season. Twelve rushing yards over expected, and if you look between the tackles, that number is negative twenty-four, meaning it's under expected. Like so, th- this G- like yes, this Jets defense is the E word. It is elite. I will go out and say it, and I'm a math person.
0: Wow, the E word. Mm-hmm. It took me. It actually took me a second to, to compute it. I was like, what is the E word? And then there it is, elite. So this Jets defense, to your point, they're balling right now. Seventeen sacks over its last three games. 12 of which have come against the Patriots and Mac Jones. But this Bears offense, Cynthia, and we'll talk about who's under center in the next quarter, but this Bears offense is tied for 40 sacks given up in the league. That's tied for most with the Indianapolis Colts. So this on paper should be a very good matchup for the Jets.
1: Couple things here, too. 37.2, that's the pressure rate that that O-line has allowed Justin Fields to be under. That ranks number one in the NFL. Obviously, Justin Fields' dual-threat quarterback has you know two legs that help him get out of dodge, and if the past six games he's rushed for only under 82 yards one time with over, you know, triple digits in two games, once against the Bears, I'm sorry, against the Lions and one against the Dolphins. So, you know, like obviously the run game, this is the number one rushing offense in terms of yards per game in the league. So you got to stop the run, which the Jets are really well equipped to do. And the pass has been really interesting because it's been weird to see some of the, you know, we, we talk about, yes, they got Chase Claypool at, at the trade deadline, but you know, you talk about like these number one options, and, you know, the Bears, I, I, I still don't think that they have like a true wide out one. It's maybe that's a mean thing to say, but I the math supports
0: it. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because right now I'm pulling up the spread for Sunday's game because I think it's important to note that the four Jets really haven't been, what'd you say? I think it's four and a half. You think it's four and a half? Okay. I just wanted to see if it moved. Not that um, I mean,
1: listen, I work for the right. NFL. I have no idea, but I don't know what that means, but. You know, I think those numbers, they
0: just. <laughs> they're, they're, they're there. They're there. But I don't I do know think what that means. Important. No
1: idea.
0: Don't you think it's important, though, that like the Jets right now throughout, even when they were winning at like even before this week, six and three and now six and four, the Jets have not not been like in Vegas's um, good corner. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean? Like right. Vegas always bets against the Jets, at least so far through this point in the year. But this weekend, they think that the Jets are the favorite here. I think that my my point being using that as a as a springboard to talk about this matchup as a whole. Like I think a lot of Jets fans are looking at this matchup and being like, you know what, the Jets have a a very good chance to win this game because of their defense. And no matter if it's Justin Fields, Trevor Simeon, to your point, when you're talking about the receivers, it, the Jets have seen more talented receiving cores than the Chicago Bears. What do you think of this matchup as a whole like should this be on paper another dominant defensive performance just in terms of not only pass rush but also in the back end
1: Yeah I mean it's interesting like I to be perfectly honest you know I I, I did a lot of work looking at which corners are really good at run stopping <laughs> because if a team that runs this often, you have to really factor that in because Justin Fields himself runs, but also David Montgomery has been, you know, a good runner. Like Khalil Herbert, they have some injuries in that squad. But the reality is, is this is a team that wants to run, and the and the pass comes off the run. So if you're looking at like Michael Carter II, you know, his ability to stop the run. I mean, PFF ranks him I think 11th best at run stopping. So this is a situation where all hands on deck to stop whatever, because Justin Fields is not the problem for the Bears offense. He is the solution. So, you know, in the future, that will be a much better, it will be a much stronger matchup on the Bears side. But, you know, stopping the run will be the key in this matchup for sure.
0: Well, that leads us to our second quarter, which is Justin Fields overall right now, day-to-day, according to Matt Eberflus. And it's been reported that Justin Fields has a dislocated left shoulder. Uh, to some degree. And the fact that he finished the game and might play Sunday is something I couldn't even begin to imagine when you're looking at, well, I can't imagine like sitting here with a dislocated shoulder, let alone playing football. And that freaks me out. But regardless, let's, let's uh, operate under two assumptions. The first assumption is that Justin Fields plays. Mm-hmm. We don't know how effective he would be. You've obviously talked about him as a runner. What about him as a passer? Like what, what, how would you evaluate him so far in his second season, just from throwing the fo- uh, throwing the football?
1: So intermediate passes, especially when you when they did get Chase Claypool, what you saw was more space for Cole Komet. and that's why that Cole Komet game really became a big thing, right, against the Lions. You could see it because he had a lot more yards of separation to work with because defenses were attracted. To chase Claypool and drew away coverage. So it's not Justin Fields' fault that he hasn't looked like this awesome passer with crazy passing yards. It's been the game script because designed runs have been working. So, you know, once they started adding them into the play, you know, the playbook, they were working. Like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Type of thing. And then, you know, ultimately, that with all that pressure coming at him, it's very hard for downfield passes to develop when you have pressure on more than a third of downs. I mean, like I said, number one in the league, 37.2% pressure rate allowed. That O line is not doing him any favors.
0: And then also, I mean, you've talked about Justin Fields as a runner, 82 yards at least in each of or in five of his last six games. You said that earlier. He's been absolutely dynamic with his feet. The Bears have, at least in the game that I saw, which was in Chicago, Bears Lions, they were plays designed for Justin Fields just to like quarterback draw, quarterback run. What makes him such a dynamic runner and makes him so difficult to contain, even when you know that the Bears are trying to get him the ball, especially on the ground.
1: Yeah, I mean, part of it is the way that like so this O line has not is not great in pass protection, but it does do enough to create opportunities for Justin Fields to be able to see where he can go where the open lanes are when he gets you know when he sees the lane he can absolutely find it and execute really well against it now i will say the the lions stat line that he put up which is like a ridiculous amount of yards part of that is because the lions run defense is not very good i know saquon barkley will tell you something different from last week but they put a lot committed a lot of resources to stopping that but at the end of the day that's not a great run defense so it's that that one's kind of skewing some of the results and kind of the same thing with Miami. He sort of had to, so he's a great runner. He's able to see those outside runs and the inside runs really well. So, you know, it's more of a credit to Justin Fields and shows something specific about him. It's also showing you like the trend coming out of college. A lot of these guys are far more adept at using their feet, throwing on the run, et cetera. Like that's what their resume did was in college. So because of that, then now you're seeing passes coming off of it, but you know, it's, it's more of a factor of like, that's kind of how quarterbacks are being developed in at the college level.
0: But the the caveat in all this is that Justin Fields might not play because he's day to day. We don't know right now. Right. So right. if it is Trevor Simeon, it, I'm not, I'm not the expert here, but I would imagine that it would drastically change the outlook of the Bears offense specifically for Sunday.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, Trevor Simeon, I look, I, I give a lot of credit. Backup quarterbacks are a really interesting thing because they're more valuable than people give them credit for, but just an overall in general, but also Trevor Simmons specifically, like there's a reason he's been on so many teams. He kind of has those like Case Keenum vibes, which is a, is a big deal. Meaning part of it is about, you know, being able to execute a simple enough offense to be a different stylistic fit than his, ma- than the main quarterback of the team, but provide certain edges and Trevor Simmons much more of a passer than Justin Fields, at least in this, I guess it's more fair to say he's far less of a dynamic runner than Justin Fields is, because I think Justin Fields is a great passer, but he just doesn't have that opportunity.
0: You know, there are a lot of former Jets on the Chicago Bears. I didn't realize it, Trevor Simeon being one of them, Mike Pinnell, Cairo Santos, Ryan Griffin, Trayvon Wesco. There are a lot of former Jets on the Chicago Bears, and of course, Bears come to MetLife Stadium to take on the Jets, which brings us to halftime, which is very important. Your turkey was just delivered in California, so are you hosting? I assume because why so, would you why would you get a turkey delivered if you weren't hosting?
1: So my cousin and I split up duties. She has twin boys who are five, so we usually go to her house and we and and we just split up the duties of who does what and brings what, and then we'll have some stragglers, some friends because you know obviously. So her husband works with me at the NFL Network, and I have a show on Thursday morning, so we kind of don't get it to travel back. She actually grew up in Connecticut. So, you know, East coast oh, for sure. Nice. Um, but long story short, we all, we we're good. We get to convene on this side. And the good news is that she is about the best Italian cook that I know. So mm. we get amazing. What got like, Oh, I'm so, Like I'm already eating. Like, I know that it's like Thanksgiving and everything, but like, I'm very much looking forward to that.
0: Oh yeah. That sounds incredible. So are you going to, are you going to bake the ter- roast the Turkey, bake the Turkey, or are you going to fry the Turkey?
1: So we just regular roast, uh, you know, oven roasted turkey, normal stuff there. But we do a lot of other like fancy, fun stuff, um, like with, you know, special vegetables. And like I said, a lot of Italian food. And, you know, we we have some dietary restrictions. So we're trying some like new gluten free stuff here. So, you know, it's it's always fun. It's not like yours, though. I hear yours is going to be the most unique of
0: all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's unique. It is a vegetarian Thanksgiving. I have my questions. If you're listening to this, it it is, it is not my choice. It is the Thanksgiving that I'm attending. The host rules; they're vegetarian, so therefore we have vegetarian Thanksgiving. I don't know what the spread's going to be like. I think it's going to be
1: great. I feel like if you're going to do this, you go all out. Like you figure it out, right? Like so. I think like I don't know. I've had some like good acorn squash stuff lately. Like you never know. It's going to be great. Okay.
0: See, but like if if you were hosting a vegetarian Thanksgiving, I would feel much better about it because I know how you operate in the kitchen. Cause you like to dabble. I don't know how the hosts are in the kitchen in terms of their cuisine. I don't know. All I know is that it's vegetarian. Um, and here's the thing though. I like pasta. I assume that pasta is going to be like the main dish. So like, you know, what, what great. could be so bad about it? And, great. and, and I, I just want to say this because everyone says it too. And like, people are like, Oh, how could you not eat Turkey? Well, like most people that I know are like, Turkey's an overrated bird and it's, You should only eat it once a year. So, like, you can't really be that mad. I understand it might not be the most American Thanksgiving, but you know what?
1: I mean, I feel like, I actually kind of think, like, what other country would you be like, hey, we're going to go with, like, a, like, a, a, we're trying something new, something different, and if you don't like it, you can go down the street and get a turkey from someone else. Like, that's very American. Like, if not, try it, you know? Like, try something new.
0: So, yeah, we'll see. Um, All I know is that we're in charge. My family, like my mom, my dad, and I are in charge of the Brussels sprouts, and I know those are good Perfect. because we have had those in years past. And I think that we're bringing a pie too, and I know the pie is good because I love where we buy the pie. It's not homemade. Perfect. It's it's store. It's bought. It is fully bought, but it is somebody, fully made, incredible.
1: It. somebody exactly.
0: made it. Somebody. It's homemade somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's just not. It's just not Greenberg made, which is fine, and honestly, probably for the best. So. Do you have any other Thanksgiving hot takes or any other any other Thanksgiving questions before we move on here?
1: You know, my last one, like, I think people get a little confused about macaroni and cheese on Thanksgiving.
0: And the answer is
1: always yes. You're allowed to have macaroni and cheese whenever you want. There's no rules against it. Macaroni and cheese is always a yes. So, yes. Yeah.
0: Always. I, I agree with that. Fully never having macaroni and cheese on Thanksgiving. Is that crazy? Like I have I mean, never had mac and cheese. It's always been like turkey, sweet potatoes, and green beans, and like that's it. It's not how I would host Thanksgiving. It's just the ones that I've gone to.
1: Well, I think you need to like next year I've seen your cooking. I know you're good in the kitchen, so I think it might be time next year. <laughs> yeah. You know, this could I be th- your essential. I think you're right. You're like this could be like maybe the, the maybe it's not your thing to to do the to do the vegetarian. So next year you're like, well, I'm just going to do this myself. I'll give you some recipes. If so, I'll make it very easy for you because it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Oh,
0: speaking of, um, you're a Chicago person, right? I'm going to, you're my Chicago like representative, I guess is the word. Um, for my cooking reel this week, I'm thinking about doing a, um, an Italian beef sandwich.
1: So good. You need the yeah. you need to get the right spices and the right sauce on it though because then it, to make it Chicago, you know, jardinero.
0: Okay. Yep, Just make sure. Yep. yep. Can I buy can I can I like order that on totally. online or totally. can I find You're it probably, in a store?
1: I think Amazon probably has it, but okay. I I'm sure you could find it in the store too. I feel like that's the easy one. I don't know. I feel like that one's not that uncom- There There's some other things that are uncommon, but that's I think that one you'll be you'll have an easy time finding
0: it. W- when you say that one you mean the spices or you mean like the the dish overall?
1: the, the spice it, the jardinera okay. dish, like the, this, the good one. That's like more Chicago style, you know? Okay. I think yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: One. I'm, I'm definitely going to need your help vetting through, which is uh, the proper seller, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think that's Perfect. going to be a Thanksgiving lunch meal because Ooh, it's going to be like a vegetarian. That. Yeah. Vegetarian Thanksgiving might as well make yeah. a Chicago beef sandwich for lunch. You know, you know the best
1: thing to, to wash down a vegetarian, a big slab of beef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I think that's exactly what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. That was a great halftime. Well, it. all right. So that brings us to the third quarter, which is, let's just start with the Jets quarterbacks and the Jets offense. We don't know who's starting Robert Sala Monday kind of made it sound like there could be a quarterback change, but also he didn't know if it, if there there would be. So this is what the situation is. The Jets, totaled a season low 103 yards two yards in the second half from your perspective just what wasn't working for the Jets overall
1: well I think that you know look life snowballs a little bit right like I think once like it like you got to have those plays that are your go-to get back on track plays and even if they're not like maybe, you know, four yards a gain on first down or whatever success is defined as. Like, you got to have the ones that are kind of your get-back-on-the-horse moves, and those weren't working. So I'm looking at that, and I'm saying, all right, the run game needs to be solidified. This is where this team has a lot of of power they've got a lot of horsepower from the standpoint of the people architecting it to the people executing it so i think back to basics go back whoever the quarterback is in this next one against the bears you have a great opportunity to run the bears have been very generous to opposing rushers they've been very generous to opposing rushers even when they stack the box with eight defenders doesn't matter they rank in the top 10 and allowing yards in those situations especially yards over expected so that's the type of thing where okay like This is a good opportunity to, no matter who's under center, to get the run game fortified, to figure that out, and to control the game from the standpoint. I mean, look, Bill Belichick defenses are always gnarly. Everybody knows that. Jets fans absolutely know that, and so does everyone who's ever played Bill Belichick ever. So the reality is is that was a tough defense. They had a really nice game plan that worked out, and then things sort of snowballed. But now, you know what? This defense is nowhere near that defense. So again, start with the run and build out from there.
0: So the Bears right now, when you're looking at their run defense, it's close to the bottom of the league, but their pass defense is top ten. They come in at number nine. Do you think that that number in terms of the pass defense is a little inflated because maybe that they're playing teams where they don't necessarily need to throw the ball?
1: Yeah, it's not only that, but also they're playing teams like you, you watch the – for example, remember, like, since we have so few games in our league, like, a couple of games can skew things pretty heavily. So, I mean, even, you, and you look at things like, you know, Cordero Patterson in this last game had just like a pretty massive output. Sure, he had a turnover, but like, it was over five yards per attempt inside and outside. And when that's happening and you lose your unicorn tight end or whatever people want to call him in that matchup to an injury, like, you're not going to throw the ball. Like, like that's just what's going to – that's not what's going to happen. And then kind of the same thing with the Lions. Like, you saw, you know, a more efficient run game going – they just stayed with it. So, you know, at the end of the day, like, those numbers are a bit skewed. I'm not going to say that – they are absolutely better at defending passes than they are at defending the run. But sometimes, you know, it just the, – the circumstance would dictate – when are you passing how like what's the expected return on your passing investment the run is how people have been have been gashing that team and by the way they traded away Roquan Smith you know to the Ravens a couple of weeks ago so that's like they're they're like okay you can run on us like it's you know they're they're <laughs> rebuilding and clearly not they're not sitting there saying we want to stop the run this season right now
0: Roquan Smith still leads the Chicago Bears in tackles. And after that, you have Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker, the two safeties for the Chicago Bears. Take that for what it's worth. To your point, right now it seems like the success for opposing offenses is definitely on the ground. And when you look at what the Jets want to do, you look at what they did against the Buffalo Bills. They ran a season-high 34 times for 5.1 yards per carry. The, the Jets want to run the football, and in that game, it helped out Zach Wilson tremendously, who completed a, a career-high 72% of his passes. We'll see who the quarterback is Sunday. We'll see how the Jets do on the ground. But running the football is definitely a big part of the Jets' success, a big reason why they're 6-4 and four to start the season, which brings us to the fourth quarter. And I just kind of wanted to talk about some guys maybe that we don't necessarily talk about for both teams. And if we can start with the Chicago Bears. Is When you're looking at the Bears – You think of Justin Fields, obviously. You might think of Darnell Mooney just because he's probably their best receiver. But who are some players that maybe either offense or defense or special teams for that matter that you think that Jets fans really need to know about because they could be a big factor on Sunday?
1: I think Cole Komet, I brought him up earlier. Cole Komet, their tight end, has really turned into the target and reception champion for Justin Fields. He's his outlet, but also... They're structuring plays for intermediate passes, so 10 to 19 air yard passes that are designed for Cole Komet, and they're executed far more effectively as Darnell Mooney, Mooney, Darnell Mooney, me in English, and um, Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool are drawing away coverages. And especially in this matchup, because you do have such dynamic corners the Cole Komet factor could be a bigger one because that's kind of the area of the defense. If I'm going to say like that, where you could you could find some trouble, like some space between the front and the dynamic corners, maybe that could be a good area for them to, to sort of game plan against. So, you know, and you've seen it in past games too. So, you know, the Cole Komet factor is a big deal. This tight end has a chance to be like a real, a real force in the rest of for the rest of this season, at
0: least. And Cole Komet also had, One of the most impressive catches that I've seen a tight end make last week at Atlanta. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Google it. it. It's amazing.
1: amazing. Absolutely. It's incredible.
0: You know, Cole Komet, when I was in Chicago watching Bears Lions, he had another very good game. He had two touchdowns on the day. So definitely someone who seems to be heating up. So that's a good one. What about for the Jets, whether it's offense or defense, someone that you think might deserve a little more love or just something that someone that you think. Jets fans should keep an eye on for this matchup specifically.
1: For this matchup specifically, I like both people named Michael Carter, but I definitely think that Michael Carter, their cornerback, so Michael Carter the second, is a little underrated in in terms of the national spotlight. Maybe Jets fans don't think he's underrated, but you know when you go to 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 figure out like how does this all work together, the depth of this defensive back, like all of these, we talk about these modern quarterbacks, meaning like the younger guys, how they can run, they're dual threats, they're really dangerous. Especially if you don't blanket their pass catchers. And when you have such a dynamic corner that's playing so well with the other guys, right? You already know about your top guys. I taught how many times we, I don't think we get through a show without like talking about Sauce Gardner. Absolutely. And for very good reason. But you know, depth at that the defensive backcourt is a really, really big deal. So when you're looking at like Michael Carter's contribution, especially in the run game, like it's pretty amazing. And by the way, he's, he himself has two interceptions and six passes defense. So it's not like he's not good in coverage. I'm just saying it's very special to be both. Right. And that's what really distinguishes him. I think PFF has him ranked like the 13th best corner overall in terms of their grades and his run stopping capabilities are really, really, really helpful. And in this game specifically, cause we talk about that run, it's going to be very, very helpful.
0: I think that's a great point because when you have somebody like Sauce Gardner and then somebody like DJ Reed, obviously you're gonna be like, oh, who's who's the next guy? Maybe offenses want to target him and Michael Carter the second has done a fantastic job this season, especially for someone who just putting it out there, you gotta tip your cap to Joe Douglas. Fifth round pick starts Fifth as a rookie. Pick. Yep. Starts as a rookie out of the jump. Then this year he's emerged as one of the Jets' best players, especially defensively. So that's a tip of the cap to Michael Carter II and to Joe Douglas, and that's a great way to end the Game Preview Podcast, the Thanksgiving edition. I hope that you have a lovely Thanksgiving, and then I'll see you next week, and I'll, I'll let you know how the vegetarian Thanksgiving goes because I'm interested, but I'm suspicious.
1: I, I mean, I'm super interested. I'm a little suspicious, but I'm just curious. My biggest question, like the thing that I can't stop thinking about, is there going to be vegetables shaped like a turkey? Because oh. you know, sometimes they try to do that, right? Like to make it look like, a like, I, so I that's didn't what I want to know. I didn't think about
0: that. I know, I didn't right? think about that. My, my hunch is no, but for no particular reason. So But they make I guess...
1: vegetables that look like hamburgers, you know, why can't they make, why, and, they, and chicken tenders and all these, maybe you found a vegetable that's now being shaped like a turkey.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> if you want the answer, you got to tune in next week to the Game Preview Perfect. Podcast.
1: We're, we're all standing with bated breath. Like, I don't think anyone can, can wait that longer. We must know. We must know. Uh,
0: you got, But in order to know, you got to rate us. You got to subscribe. Yep. So I'm just yep. putting that out there. We have the answers to your questions, but you just got to do us a solid.